0: Hello and welcome back to Sass Stories and Starcasm. We're your hosts, Mary and Brian, and this is episode 191. Brian, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Mary. How are you? Good.
0: Uh, let's see. What did we do this weekend?
1: Mother's Day. That was, Yes. That just came up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mother's Day. I went to my parents' house and had brunch, so that was fun. Um, let's see. Also, Brian showed me Star Wars for the first time. I know. Don't say anything. I've just never seen it before. Uh and I'm gonna watch what five of five more movies?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna show you the original series and then the three prequels that came with it. There's there's a lot of spin-off and you know there's an additional three later, but we're just gonna deal with the the core six that everyone <laughs> more or less likes, <laughs> so, and uh, so that story is at least followable. And then mm-hmm. there's like a mini series that's coming out in, on uh, Disney Plus in late May. That should be basically in between two of the movies, so it's supposed to connect what happened in between some time period. Um, so I that think be after fun. I
0: finish all the Star Wars movies, I've seen all the Harry Potter movies once, and then I'll have seen all of the uh, you know Star Wars movies. I think I'm good. Like I think you'll you have, be very I'm up to culture. date on culture.
1: Yeah, you'll 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 be pretty up to date on culture. I might have to uh, you know eventually show you lord of the rings but we can work on that in 2023 or (laughs) whatever (laughs) we'll work on that later uh but yeah i i I will be very impressed you know you showed me twilight so i got a little culture in me so i'm I'm returning the favor quite frankly yeah
0: it's the same thing same level of uh, fandom
1: yeah i mean there there's some twilight fans out there (laughs) definitely yes
0: let's see do you want to go talk about our first topic?
1: Uh, yeah, so I'm going to talk about the Seattle Sounders. We, I honestly had no idea, but I randomly came across this article that said the Sounders had basically accomplished something—something <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, something that had not been done since 2008—and that was win uh, a Champions Cup. Uh, this is like—it's uh, historic. Yeah, it's historic, and basically, what it is is it's all the clubs, some of the, or not all, but some of the cl- top clubs in North America and uh, South America, or not South America, but Latin America, like uh, Mexico and like some of the um, like islands. Uh, basically, participate in like this little mini season slash tournament, and just for like bragging rights, right? And usually North North American teams, the MLS, you know, we're not really known for soccer. (laughs) We're known for, you know, basketball, uh, football, football, you know, everything basically besides soccer. (laughs) And, uh, well, Seattle, we actually won. Um, We ended up playing against the Pumas. uh, And it's how soccer works is, at least in like a tournament setting, is you play one game away and one game home. So just so, you know, each team gets an even chance of, you know, having their home fan, uh, fans cheer them on. And basically, uh, we, in our away game, we had the the score two to two. So coming into this home game, uh, it basically would have been whoever scored more points. And we scored three to zero. So we definitely won on aggregate, totaling it all up five to two overall. And... You know, this is, like I said, this is a monumentous occasion. (laughs) Um, Actually,
0: I want to interject, but um, some fans cheering after each of the three Sounders goals during the match registered at a nearby seismograph station. Uh, The Pacific Northwest Seismic Network uh, monitors earthquakes and volcanoes in Washington and Oregon, and they said that the cheering was five times the normal background level of shaking from everyday activity like traffic.
1: Wow, you know Seahawks so, fans are n- noisy for a lot. Yeah, one. so
0: the these rave quakes were so loud they were comparable to the Seahawks fans' beast quake um, from the 2010 NFC Wild card playoff game, also in Lumen Field. So yeah,
1: and, and what I also uh, discovered when when you know figuring reading this article was we actually had a record crowd of 68,761 people turned out for this this match. And uh, so, you know, that would definitely contribute to the noise. And it's nice to see, I mean, we've always, Seattle Sounders have always been pretty good, but it's nice to see a North American team, like, succeeding in, uh, you know, a pseudo-international setting. So, good for them. And uh, I believe this will actually let them uh, go on to play against even more of the top teams, uh, you know, out there. And, and, you know, since Seattle basically represented the North American region, we won that cup. We're going to go on to play against top clubs from around the world, including the winner of the Real Madrid Liverpool matchup, which is yet to happen in Bayern Munich and uh, Chelsea. So these are these are international like super clubs. (laughs) Uh, We'll see how. A little Seattle fairs, but we're in there. We're gonna play against some top teams now, just because we won uh, this North this uh, North American little tournament. So that's yeah. pretty cool. That's it's really neat.
0: And um, honestly, the Sounders have not been around super super long. Um, they actually began as an MLS expansion team in two thousand nine. So they're a fairly new team and have had great success.
1: Oh yeah, I think they they won years. at least one in the last ten years, and especially mm-hmm. since they only started in two thousand nine. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good turnaround. That's becoming on a you know a top team pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, even though like every other sports team around here, even the Mariners probably get more fans you know, hype. <laughs> no, I mean maybe not in this year. And this just more people seem seem to be interested in football and baseball. Oh yeah, of yeah. the majority of the population. Oh right. in in America, not just Seattle, mm-hmm. like we said.
1: Yes, agreed, agreed. But yeah. who knows? Maybe if we keep on winning, we'll will inspire the youth and it'll be the next generation of fans. (laughs) Yep. Yep.
0: Did you know the American Heart Association recommends 150 active minutes each week to help with heart health? What if you could earn rewards just for being healthy? That's where PaceLine comes in. PaceLine is a free app that gives you rewards for exercising 150 minutes per week. Keep up a weekly streak and get even more rewards. Every week of your streak, the rewards vary. You can choose from gift cards from Amazon, Starbucks, Target, and more, to discounts for products or services, and even donations to charitable organizations. Join me on PaceLine. To get started, download the free PaceLine app, connect it to your activity tracker, and use our referral code, SSSPOD, to start earning rewards just for being healthy.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Audible.
0: Audible has an unmatched selection of audiobooks with titles from every genre. Audible titles play on nearly any device and allows you to listen to your favorite audiobooks anytime, anywhere.
1: You can even switch between devices and it'll play from where you left off. Sass Stories and Sarcasm listeners can get a 30-day membership trial that includes one free audiobook of your choice.
0: Just go to audibletrial.com sss podcast to start your trial and choose your book today. Next up, um, I was looking for a topic for this episode, and I came across this website called Pudding.Cool, and basically they have like visual essays about really really interesting topics of basically anything. And one of their recent is uh, looking at famous figures who represent today's currencies around the world. Um, And so, you know, you look into your wallet and who do you see people who made history in your country. Um, And so you're always carrying around reminders of prominent people in your wallet. I mean, not so much now because I barely carry around cash since the pandemic, mostly credit cards. But, you know, when I do have cash, it's representing a prominent figure. Uh, In the U.S., it's mostly all presidents. But um, this article is kind of looking into who gets to be on these currencies. Right, and and
1: and uh, so this article basically did an analysis that included thirty eight countries and twenty two sub regions around the world, and of their analysis, it included two hundred and thirty six unique, uh, you know, faces shown on, uh, on you know, all unique banknotes, bank and then two hundred
0: and forty one unique individuals.
1: Yes, yes, and and you know, you, they broke it down by gender. Uh, the majority was male, seventy nine percent. Uh, which would be 190 uh, unique banknotes versus female 51 um, and then you know they broke it down also by occupation which is pretty cool um, it turns out that the the highest the, the you know the most popular occupation on banknotes it's not politicians it's writers which and is that, very odd that surprised are, me
0: are there any writers on um, American currency I don't I don't not think I so.
1: I mean, I don't know if. I mean, I know they changed some recently. I don't know if Maya Angelou, but I mean, she was, what a, yeah. a poet. Um, but I'm not sure if she actually is on the uh, any currency. Most most that I know are you know U.S. presidents. Pretty much I,
0: all you know.
1: I think we have Harriet Tubbin on something. So that would go under like an activist. Um,
0: but yeah, so writers are the are 19 percent of the people featured on banknotes. Uh, 45 people from 23 countries. Um, and writing was the most common profession among women and the second most common for men in all of the currencies they looked at. Followed by that, then it becomes more typical to what you would think. It's head of government is next, followed by politician. Um, then after that, it becomes like a founder, a revolutionary, someone in STEM, military. And then as you get farther and farther down the line, it becomes like a musician, a visual artist, an educator. Uh, a religious figure.
1: Right, right. And, you know, a lot of these are, like, extensions of government, like, that, you know, like one of the categories, head of government, politician, you know, the the founder of a country, i consider that government. Revolutionary, you know, that's a, you know, that's sort of a a leader. Uh, I mean, I guess it's not necessarily, like, a political leader. Like, you could be leading, like, a movement, like women's rights or some sort of, uh, you know, Well,
0: yeah, speaking of that, um, being known as one of the first people to, or as the first person to do something, is a very telltale sign of being able to get on currency. Uh, on average, 29% of the people in a country's currency were known for being the first ones to do something. Uh, whether it's being the first of their demographic to be a member of Congress, the first president of a nation, or the first indigenous person to graduate from a national university, these are just some of the first that they note. Um, and so, yeah, it's very it's very interesting because, you know, what, almost 30% of people were the first of their kind to, to do it.
1: That's pretty cool. It's it's good to be, you know, noticed for, you know, your contributions to society and all that.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if your face does end up on a banknote, how much will it be worth? They weren't – there was not really any significant relationship between profession and the bill value in – The currency that they looked at
1: okay that's interesting
0: Mm -hmm. for male or female or for you know any of that they looked at both
1: yes because you know for america you know i think they're like pretty much all politicians so you won't be able to distinguish you know benjamin franklin uh, who's on the hundred or george washington who's on the one dollar (laughs) bill same same more or less uh you know, background. I mean, George Washington was a president, but they were both in politics, of course.
0: And, you know, if you are going to be on a currency, you most likely, this won't happen in your lifetime. Of all the currencies they looked at, only 10 people were alive to see themselves on a banknote, and 96% of the banknotes were issued after the person on them had died. Oh, Uh, bummer. I just love
1: to give out cash with my face on it. (laughs) 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 That's just unfortunately just... The way it is, it'd be you quite the get... flex to just be like, "Here you go." Yep. Here's my face. I'm worth uh, twenty dollars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm only worth a penny, or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, let's see. What else did you want to note here, Brian?
1: Um, I'm looking at the shortest wait time right now to appear on, uh, for someone to put you on your, uh, on a banknote after your death. And so, that, and that happened just. One year, and that happened for four people. Um, it's interesting to see, like, you know, like, oh, we need to memorize, or you know, like, have a remembrance of so and so, like, instantly. Um, mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see, like, I mean, when I mean, we always change our our currency. Like, we sometimes update it. It will be interesting to see. Not from, always,
0: occasionally. Well,
1: I think I think uh, Harriet Tubman. I'm not sure if she actually is on the twenty, but she's supposed to be. On some U.S. currency, yeah, in some point. But you know, she's unfortunately, or I mean, it's it's been a while since she existed.
0: But so. okay, eighty-one percent of the people died more than a hundred years before their faces appeared on the yes, currency. Yes, so
1: it takes some time. It, it's a rare thing that it's it's just an instant. You're on the currency.
0: Yeah. Um, among the ten people who were still alive to see themselves uh, on currency, only Queen Elizabeth is still alive today.
1: Yep, that would make sense. And she's also, I think she was also one of the few female monarchs that were represented in
0: currency. And some countries also have uh, specific laws um, with stipulations about who can be featured on bills. Um, The U.S. Treasury makes it clear that only deceased people are legally allowed to be on currency.
1: Ah, so there's a a rule in the United States. Yeah, and the
0: same is true for the Bank of England and Canada, except both make an exception for the monarch. Um, And then Canada also goes a step further and insists that an ind- individual must be dead for at least 25 years.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, also, uh,
0: England and Canada also prohibit fictional characters from appearing on banknotes. Can you imagine?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know why they need to do that. I mean, it, I, guess, I guess it's to keep their money serious. I mean, who knows? Maybe it'll lose value if there's like a cartoon character on it or something.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I do don't think people will take that seriously.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. Just thought that was really interesting. Never really thought about that before.
1: Yeah, it was nice to see the breakdown of, you know, like, uh, not just in the United States, but internationally, how, you know, professions, which professions were recognized in a currency, and, you know, the breakdown of gender. Of course, you it's probably what you expected. It's majorly male-dominated, just because, you know, men basically have been in control of, society for so long <laughs> more mm-hmm. or less yeah, but you know you are seeing a lot more w- female representation recently so
0: um i just looked it up online and harriet tubman 20 dollar bill is still on track to debut to the mm. public but not until 2030 so 2030 oh wow we gotta have, wait still have some time <laughs> yeah so, they, got,
1: they got eight years of prepping
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it i understand and probably it will take like 10 or 20 more years before all you of the is circulated
1: yeah everywhere. before
0: it's you know all the older you know, 20 dollar bills are not floating around.
1: Yes, I agree. Yeah. Did
0: you collect quarters as a kid? Like state I quarters? Did. I did.
1: I did. Me I, too. I actually had like, uh, I, I, I had two different ways to collect quarters. I had a little booklet mm-hmm. that basically had like a little circle that you could put the quarter in. Yeah, and it would me just too. be that. I also had a map of the United States. It was like a big, you unfolded it, right? and So then, you, had
0: to, you had to collect two of each state quarter? I th-
1: yeah, I think so. I think mm. so. And I just remember specifically, like, I was getting pretty far along. I had, like, 30 quarters, so, you know, I was I was pretty rich. <laughs> and then one one day, I heard the ice cream truck come by. <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> I'm not even lying. I actually, like, took some quarters out and <laughs> I bought myself some ice cream. <laughs> I just wow. needed it. You know, the ice cream jingle, and you're like, I got to go find some money fast. I did, but but it was very tactical. Like I didn't get rid of the quarters that like were I were very rare. Like, so you, know, you really you,
0: in your in your split second decision of like I need ice cream. You're like which quarters can I most easily replace?
1: Exactly, exactly. Wow. Like I That's lived part. in North Carolina, so I definitely got rid of the North Carolina quarter because those were <laughs> floating around all over the yeah. Place. That is
0: odd, though. Why did the <laughs> Because, like, Washington ones where I was living in, you know, Washington, and those were the most prominent here, too. I wonder why.
1: Well, I don't know if they disseminate it just from, like, one source. Like, maybe there's a Washington treasury.
0: Maybe. But it just seemed, I mean, it seems like, yeah, whatever state you lived in, that was the easiest. And there were certain states that were very difficult to find. Oh, yes. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I remember a lot of people, like, in my elementary school or whatever, you had, like, when you were the celebrity of the week... VIP special person of the week in your class, like a ton of people brought like their quarter collection for their show and tell. Uh, I mean, we were right in the perfect age for that type of collection because the um, 50 state quarter program uh, ran from 1999 when we were in kindergarten until 2008 when we were in eighth grade. Mm. So, and then I think they started doing uh, the national parks after that, if I remember right.
1: Right, right. They, they started branching out and doing different, different, uh, you know, images on the quarter.
0: Um, I also just looked up if uh, your state quarter collection is actually worth anything. Um, and because state quarters are still circulating and can be collected right out of your, out of your pocket change, uh, most are only worth 25 cents.
1: Oh, bummer. So,
0: <laughs> I don't know if I ever actually finished my state quarter collection. I know so.
1: specifically I did not finish. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, so it's not like I just have like a... Yeah, what what would that be? 50 50, uh, divided by four. That would
0: be how much money you'd have, basically. Yep. Um, And then, you know, this person that we're going to talk about has a lot more dedication than we did in our state quarter collecting. Um, This 100-year-old man actually recently broke the Guinness World Record for working at the same company for 84 years. (laughs) Again, yeah, he's... He's a hundred years old um, and he lives in Brazil Walter Orthman of Brazil uh, he worked at the same company uh, because of his proficiency in German he was hired as a shipping assistant for the text uh, textile company um, and he's been working there since 1938
1: uh, uh, yeah. Um, there, He noted uh, when he was 15, he wanted to get a job to help his family with his financial problems. So hopefully, you know, after 100 years, <laughs> or 84 years, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hopefully they've given him a, a steady raise over the years, <laughs> uh, and he's gotten ahead of the financial issues that come with life, um, and like you said, Mary, uh, he was able to use his, his background Basically, uh, understanding two languages, I mean, that's kind of like a skill that uh, really is valuable, and you can, it's nice to be paid to do something that you pretty much already have, like a a language skill. I think that's neat.
0: He said that he uh, recently celebrated his 100th birthday with coworkers, family, and friends, Um, and he's in really good health and has excellent mental clarity and memory, Um, and the office is his favorite place to be.
1: There you go. Well, I hope uh, you know for him, him at least, and you know, hopefully he's you know survives COVID, and he can go back what to living in the that? office because you know I hope I hope he could go. I uh, mean, you know, he seems to like the office and you know interacting with his 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 coworkers. That uh, you know, I, let's let's hope he could go back to that. I mean, his, he, advice, for he's he's not yet. his <laughs> advice for living to a hundred.
0: His advice for living to a hundred is to work for a good company where people feel motivated. I mean, the thing is, like, you would have had to start working wherever you worked as a teenager, you would have to start working there and just continue working there for the rest of your life in order to achieve this. Like, I mean, by the time we were out of college, we were at 22, 23. And if we lived to 100, that's not even 84 years. So yeah, basically, I would have had to work as a camp counselor <laughs> uh, for my whole life at a uh, Robbinswood Park. with a three-year-old
1: yeah and i had a lot of obscure jobs but you'll i could have been a cashier for my entire life i could have been working at lowe's my entire life i could have been working at the habit working at the habit working as as it uh a help desk more or less helping people remember (laughs) their password (laughs) but no i think uh i think getting a well-rounded uh you know, approach of you know trying different jobs is good as well. But he's happy. You know, he's happy. Yeah. He's yeah. And he
0: broke a Guinness World Record. So there that's you go. Pretty cool.
1: And I don't think that record's going to get broken anytime soon. That's that's pretty strong. That's a pretty uh, long long yeah. time to be at a company.
0: That's a really long time, and most people have worked more than one job since they were most people, have,
1: people. Most people haven't live that long. Oh, exactly. <laughs> live, exactly. He worked at eighty for eighty four years for the same company. That's just amazing.
0: I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, we were at uh, the Habit Burger place uh, this weekend, and Brian was chatting with the cashier. And he was like, yeah, I just used to work at the Habit. And he's like, oh, I see that the ice cream is now a dollar thirty cents. It looks like inflation is hitting you as well, because when I worked there back in my day, it only cost a dollar. And the guy was like, uh, what? Like, <laughs> why are you yeah. talking to me?
1: I was just trying to be friendly with the cashier and, you know give a little history lesson you know back in my day but uh you know like what
0: five years ago
1: or something like that (laughs) something like that yeah i I never thought i'd say back in my day but we're at that stage in our lives now even like i think the manager was
0: like walking by like why is this guy asking about inflation yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah anyways hope everyone has a good week and we'll talk to you next week bye